0: Welcome to Vicious Talk with Benny P. Coming up, episode 66. We got a really fun guest today, Bruce Clausen. Like the pickle, he used to say. He's a Lincoln, Nebraska native, alumnus of University of Nebraska, Lincoln, class of uh, 2018. Former coworker of mine at the Arizona Coyotes and in, in the ticket sales department. Currently working with the Colorado Avalanche, the NHL's National Hockey League's Colorado, Colorado Avalanche. She's a member services executive, uh, a good friend of mine. Welcome, welcome to the podcast, Bruce. Good to have you. Thank you, Ben. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Definitely, it's uh, w- it's hilarious because we spent a lot of time in like the bullpen or the the little basement area we used to work in at the Coyotes talking about how we would bring you on and we would like have hypothetical podcast conversations and be like, you know, how's this going to go? And and Bruce Bruce would always have hilarious takes. So I knew eventually this was going to have to happen.
1: (laughs) Yeah. You know, being on a podcast or just having one in general, I mean, your brain can just go so many places and that's the best part of it is you you want a structure enough, but then you kind of want that creative freedom within it. So it's, it's a ton of fun. It doesn't matter if there's one person listening or or 50, Um, Yeah. You put a mic in front of it and totally. it's, just, it's, it's so much fun. It's effortless.
0: Totally. Oh, I got to add my, my vicious talk background to the podcast for any video listeners. There we go. Oh, We're, there you go. <laughs> your vicious talk. And uh, yeah, I, I totally feel that. Cause I mean, when creating a podcast, you have some, I've had some episodes inevitably that, you know, get like less than 10 listens almost. I mean, maybe mm-hmm. a little bit, maybe that would be like maybe my worst of the worst, but like, sure. you know, I've had some, you know, typically they range around like 50 to a hundred to I think on average I think I'm averaging a little bit over a hundred listens to podcasts. Yeah, uh, but I've had some that reach like like almost 3,000 or so like 2,500 or so and so it's like really it's the guest the topic the time you post it at any sort of randomness of it especially if you don't have like a, I mean I, I try my best to try to keep you know the postings routine and stuff but it's hard to you know post like two or three podcasts a week how the professionals are doing it and the ones they are making money you know, you know podcasting it's like it, it, when you do it as a hobby and and as your passion interest, I mean, yeah, you could work as hard as you want on it, but your your ability to consistently put up like multiple podcasts every week is not as not as easy when you you know, you're not getting paid for. It. You got other stuff you gotta you gotta take care yeah. of first.
1: No, you're right. And and we'll go into it later, but when we had a podcast back in school, what we learned the most important thing was just being consistently when, when we would totally. release it and you're almost conditioning people to know when an episode is coming out. When they expect you when to expect it. So it's almost just like habitual at that point. Um, and as stupid as we were on the podcast, we, we did take it seriously in terms of like when we released it and like the promotion of it and stuff too. So, yeah, um, yeah, for sure. But when you're not being paid for it, it's, it's kind of like your golf game. Like you suck at it and you don't do it enough. So <laughs> right. I think
0: mean, it's, it's, it's like that nerd. You just are those baseball, like trainings where you know you gotta you yeah. can't you gotta use it or you'll lose it you know you can't yeah. just hop right into it you know the more podcasts you're putting out the better you get and yep. uh, you know I, I'm sure I mean, you got a taste of it too it's a joy to you know work on it especially when you get to catch up with with old friends like like you and I and you know just in general that's one of my favorite aspects of doing this whole thing so yeah really no, I was I, able to bring you on no absolutely definitely Bruce let's uh dive into some of our our initial conversation we wanted to discuss yeah. you mean. Some of my podcasts that the the angles are to try to uh, discuss like career ambitions for young either either college students or uh, college graduates who just got you know just finished their university got their degrees and looking into yeah. to dive into a career that you know they're they're either passionate about or they think they want to dabble in and and for you and i we we are some of our first initial you know experience in the sports industry was in in sales selling tickets for the coyotes and i know i think you had some experience a little bit and before that and i i did as well but nothing in, with an official like professional team like that and yeah um, now you're working for the colorado avalanche so let me just ask you how your experience with the avalanche is going and, and how you're liking you know your your first few years in sports sales
1: yeah uh good question i mean i i've really enjoyed it i've, I've i mean i've loved it um i Got a job here from the Arizona Coyotes um, when we were down in Phoenix. And I think a big part of me for any time I'm interviewing with a job, I mean, the people I'm interviewing with is just as much important as the you know ins and outs of my job and what I'll be doing. And, and from the get-go, when I was interviewing with my then manager and some other people, I just instantly felt a connection with the people that I was um, going to be working with. And that was a really big part of it. And when I got to Denver, um, it was... I mean, just more the same. I mean, it was just an amazing, um, and still is, but obviously COVID has kind of taken a bite out of it. But yeah, um, just fantastic culture. The people I work with, you know, I think. Colorado's Brock- treating you well? Yeah, Colorado's treating me really well. Uh, I mean, it's just a phenomenal city. It's a really fun uh, work environment. I think when you work in sports too, and you know this, it's just, you know, you, you can't take, yourself too seriously, you know, you can really work hard at your job, but I think it's important to, to understand and take a step back that what you do is pretty cool. And the people that you're selling or the, your clients, so to speak, are buying something they don't need to buy. Um, yeah. And it's a really um, exciting industry to be in. And I think if you can hit the jackpot on a good culture, which I think I did, um, then it's just a win-win and, it, and it's, and it's hard to leave a place like that.
0: Well, I think that there are two really important things when you get into sales. Um, yeah. One is... you you really want to enjoy what you're selling like mm-hmm. for me like uh, that was easily the best part about you know dabbling in the sports sales ticket ticket sales industry because uh, I enjoyed going to the coyotes games and like that was cool you know yeah. selling tickets to a hot professional hockey team's like those are good games to go to it's, regardless of what your team's success i mean it helps that the, the Avalanche are a better team than the Coyotes in general but yeah,
1: um, <laughs> you don't need to bring stats
0: into this <laughs> but i mean that's that's important cuz if you if you enjoy what you're selling if you personally like find value in what you're trying to promote to other people that helps i mean especially with the efforts of you know trying to seem convincing with what you're what you're trying to promote and what you're trying to market to your clients and stuff like that but i also think that another important aspect of a sales industry sales department is the culture and what like you said sports culture like those sales departments are different than than a, a typical sales department you'll see um, in just in any other industry, any, any other industry besides sports, really, because I just think everybody has that shared interest of they're there because they love sports and they love this team and, and they enjoy, like, you know, going to games and helping people experience that. But it's also, like, it, it makes it more enjoyable to show up to work when everybody has, you know, a like interest trying to ultimately – it comes down to the success of the team, the organization, you, what, whether mm-hmm. the team makes, whether the t- organization makes money, whether or not you're selling out games, whether pe- if people are enjoying the games, the avalanche games, you know, that's the ultimate goal. And everybody in the avalanches offices and the coyotes office, when we were there, like, and everybody's trying to function towards that purpose and makes it more enjoyable to be there.
1: Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Um, I think A, you have to enjoy, um, you know, the, the product you're selling, of course, which is sports at the end of the day, whether it's baseball, football or hockey, it's, it's super exciting to be. I know, you know, through the thick of the season, you can sort of, um, sigh at the thought of like working every single game but I, yeah. I, I truly do enjoy it Um, and like practice you are like like practice in the office or whatever you do in the office I think kind of a weird pay off is working the games and just being able to meet my clients and interact with them but I think you have to have an inherent um, want to work with people too you know it's not totally. just sports and everything I think especially in ticketing sales is just the ability to connect with people and to build off relationships and if you have that and you really enjoy sports as a whole I think um, that's going to get you really far. Cause I think when you interview for these jobs, you know, the, the cliche line that they always kind of roll their eyes at is, Oh, I really love sports. Right. And, and <laughs> you sort of have to get that one out of the way, but I think what they want to hear too, is, is your willingness to learn. I think it's really tough to get, so much experience in ticketing sales in college totally. because they don't, they won't pay you for it. Uh, but just the willingness to learn the willingness to ask questions and um, they know they're not, they're not hiring a finished product. So, you know, the quicker you can make that known, but just letting them know you'll hit the ground running is um, yeah. you know going to pay off dividends in the end. So
0: that's totally true. Like, organizations don't want to hear that the people that are hiring are sports fans or like, at least like, that's not the number one. That's for sure. Not the number one reason why some uh, candidate should say that they want to work for right. this team, prospective team. Like that's the, like, if you say that you will, you will not have a longer, much longer interview. Like that would be kind of, you know, the end of you. If, you're, if yeah. you're interviewing for a team or something like that, you don't want to be a fan. you
1: Right. You know, I think I think you could say, and if I ever said it, I would always sort of frame it in a way of, "Look, I love sports, but that's not why you should hire me. You should hire me because exactly I know what sports fans are, and I want to instill that passion into other people, and to be able yeah. to present
0: you understand the other side of it,
1: right? Right? I want to be able to sell that value to them, whether that's for business or personal, and being able to build off that. So you can love sports, but you know, it's you should hire me because I understand what a sports fan is, and I, you know, it. I want to interact with them and and uh, you know grow your business as much as possible. Is the,
0: is the culture with Colorado Avalanche is is it a little bit different than what you had out here with the uh, the Coyotes? It's hockey yeah. in the desert out here, so it's out there. I mean, you got snow the other day, right? Or you got snow last night or something. It's like yeah. yeah,
1: so yeah. It, it it is different. I think obviously it just depends on the position too. I think you know we were inside sales um, in Arizona, and my I got a promotion here. And um, I think the more stable you are and the more, you know, your job doesn't have an expiration date, like it did with being inside sales, you ease into it a lot more. So I think even inside sales reps with the avalanche would, you know, probably tell you like, Hey, like it's fun. I like it, but I I do want a job and you're kind of on your toes. But um, I I just think what's so great about here, at the abs is everyone is from every corner of the country. It's not just Denver kids. It's not just, you know, local Colorado Springs, Colorado state graduates, CU graduates. I mean, we really do come from all over. And I think anytime someone joins, everyone can appreciate that. Um, You know, if they're coming from a different, you know, part of the country. So that's what makes it really cool, too, is every walk of life works with us. It's always important. Yeah. And when weeks get long, you know, I think the the better people you work with, I mean, the more worth it, it makes. So um, I mean, I can wholeheartedly say, you know, before COVID, just because I couldn't walk to work during COVID, but I never walked into work thinking this sucks. Like I was truly happy to start my day and to be there um, because the people I work with, whether it's clients, but also the people I s- I'm surrounded by uh, with my coworkers.
0: How how did COVID and the pandemic affect sports sales and in, in your industry? Like I'm sure you're, yes. you're, I'm sure your office, I mean, every team in every sports sales office, I'm sure, had to operate somewhat differently, but also somewhat the same. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, this up, up, not only is the, uh, there's a situation with going to the office and the unsafetiness of, you know, a potential disease, disease spreading around the office, but you guys inherently are selling on something that isn't, you don't know when it was going to come back. You didn't know what the schedule was going to look like. Everything was really up in the air for a lot of sports teams in their ticket sales departments. What was that like for you guys?
1: Yeah. I mean, it was, it was really tough. I mean, obviously we are the NHL schedule and the NBA schedule align. Um, so, you know, the Nuggets who is owned by Cronky sports and entertainment, they're just a floor below us. You know, we were all pretty much in the same boat. And I think you know, baseball and football. Maybe they were impacted a little bit differently, just in regards to well, baseball season was just about to start, so they probably got you know a terrible brunt of it. You know, yeah. at least we were eighty five percent through our schedule, so yeah. fans got to you know witness it. If you were a terrible team in the MLB, or <laughs> your fans weren't about to see a game for another year. And yeah. football, obviously, they had some time to I think kind of cool the Jets, but not even, you know, even if it was a different sport, it's not as if the fans of that particular sport were going through anything differently. I mean, COVID impacted oh. everybody and it really did hurt us. I mean, it, it it I mean, I think the toughest thing is, you know, we're so used to getting answers so quick and we're so used to Providing answers to clients and season ticket members so quick, and with this, a you couldn't see it. We couldn't see COVID. We didn't know what was coming. It wasn't a um in a, a strike within the league or anything. Um, it's not like our commissioner could could say, okay, right, we're going to you are know, the the, or, the ladder of who you're trying to hear from is pretty high. <laughs> it's not like the CDC, <laughs> like, right? It's it's health organizations, yeah. and that was really tough. And it was really tough because a large part of my job is retaining money. So there's a big sales aspect, but there's also a large retention aspect. so yeah, I, I sort of took my sales ha- ha- hat off at that time. I mean I'm trying to sell you to keep your money with us, but it was a large uh, retention aspect of trying to uh, you know get people to understand where answers are coming from, where we're at. you know, it's not to say that hey, the world isn't on fire right now. I'm not saying it's not. I know it's a really tough time. Um, but let's not do anything so permanent right now that it makes it harder later on to reverse. Totally. Um, and I think what's really tough with that is you're get you're hearing a lot of people say, you know, like really big life problems, right? Like loss of job, whether it's their mm-hmm. spouse, whether it's their, you know, kids had to take it taken out of school or or severe severe illness, right? It was a pandemic. And those are things that as much as you want to, you know, think for the company and and say, hey, like hang in there with us. Yeah, so like know? Hey, you know what? Like, I totally get it. And I, like, here, here's your money, you know, um, because I think at the same time, you can't build a relationship with these people over the course of a year, which I did, and then tell them right in their face that I, you know, yeah. hey, come on lost job. Like, you uh, get over excuse. it. You know,
0: like, come right, on. Right. The abs are, they're dependent on you. Like, right, right. Exactly. We, we need three, section three ten to be loud
1: in 2021. Uh, so that, so Our that was really um, banking on, on having you there. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I had two extra comps with your name on it. Yeah. So, um, so that was obviously really tough. And I think that was certainly a battle and it, and it really was for a year. It kind of felt like a year long renewal period of keeping people on. Totally. Uh you know, but I, I do think a lot of people are starting to come back now. And I think a large testament to that is how we handled it a year ago because we weren't, um, you know, refusing. That's like a great, That's a great point. Yeah. You know, I, I think that they understood that, like, we weren't, you know, holding on to money for dear sure life. Some teams were, who,
0: I'm sure there were a lot of different organizations that were less graceful with, you know, the handling of the whole thing. And I'm sure that it, that yeah. impacts their, their, their rollback, you know, when, when things yeah. are starting to come back.
1: Well, and I think it, you know, like we just said, I think it just comes back to who's making these decisions. And, you know, I think we all knew it was inevitable that the we had eight games that were essentially canceled um, towards the end of the season. Yeah. I think we all knew that they weren't going to come back. And if they did, they weren't going to come back in a, a you know, in a, an arena atmosphere or a full one, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, we knew that. And I think if you took a poll from my clients, they'd probably vote that we probably waited too long. But what we were waiting for was the NHL to say, we're not having it. You know, we need the final word before yeah. we start moving money around because it can create chaos on our end if they come back and say, we yeah, are fans, you know, and then it just that'd becomes be a crazy insane. ping pong match.
0: That would be insane. Yeah, that would be a worst case scenario. Um, yeah. All right, two more questions for you on on the avalanche. Yeah. One, give me your, your favorite food spot or your favorite two food spots out there in, in Denver. Okay. And, then, and then also give me a tip for – um, one tip for a college student or a recent college graduate interested in possibly working in sports and considering that, like we said, that first, very first common first step into the sales industry.
1: Yeah. Favorite food spot. So I love Vietnamese food. That's my favorite food. Oh uh, yeah. Um, so the, I would say, yeah, I love pho and I call it pho. So I'm not, yeah, just to <laughs> piss people off, but yeah. Uh, but no, there's a pho spot, <laughs> the Korean spot.
0: I'll, I'll the say Vietnamese that. people will spade your in
1: your pho. Yeah, I'll <laughs> say for the, uh, for the sake of the uh, podcast. But uh, one of my favorite pho spots, God, that hurt. But um, <laughs> near my first apartment when I moved here in 2019, and it's called What the Pho? And I thought, well, that's that's going to get me through the door. And then it turned out <laughs> to be some of the best foe I've ever had. So nice. uh, that's my favorite spot. So if anyone's listening. Um, and then I would say advice for anyone that's wanting to get into sports, whether it's sales or marketing or wherever, I think, a big part of it is just to take advantage of your free time as much as possible. So namely summers, um, you know, whether it's sports, sports shadowing some or shadowing someone throughout the school year, whatever experiences you can get and whatever experiences you can stack up, I think the better, um, because I think it just shows selflessness. You, You know, if you're not even being paid for it, I had, an internship going into my senior year, didn't pay in St. Louis. I still moved down there. I got a second job, but I'm not saying everyone should do that. I'm just saying, I was willing to, you know, say, I, I don't care. It's not going to pay me because I know thinking long-term this is going to pay off, you know, coming out of college. And I took as much advantage as I could in my free time. So I think that would be my biggest piece of advice. I don't, you know, not every school has a sports management major, so you can't control that. I certainly did not. So I think I took that opportunity to, um, you know, branch out as much as I could. And I got declined by so many internships, but I was fortunate enough to find um, a few during both my sophomore well, and junior summer, and it really paid off.
0: Totally. They're there also like an aspect of a lot of people trying to get into sports after college is a lot of college athletes who were not able to mm-hmm. get the the experiences like, the, cause that's like a major problem with athletes, like trying to get into the industry where yeah. they spent all their, all their time on their sport and then they graduate and they have no work experience. And the, and these and potential employers are like, well, where's, where's your experience? Well, I spent the last four years, you know, dedicated right, to wow. my sport. So, I mean, taking care of, I mean, taking advantage of any free time you have to, you know, gather an internship, whether it's a paid or unpaid sometimes, especially in one like, year in school is super beneficial for whatever you, whatever you're trying to get into in general, yeah. really. And,
1: and the last thing I'll say is just don't, I think people, when they want to get into this industry, they get turned off or they want the sexy team and they want the sexy brand. And I totally get it. I think we all do, but be willing and have the, the pride, you know, swallow your pride essentially, right? Like yeah. be willing to work for a team that's a minor league baseball team. Who cares? You know, like when you go into job interviews after college, You'll be able to heads. like- yeah. I mean, like be able to craft what you did there and why it would help you get your job there. Because I don't think they view it as, oh, he worked for the Red yeah. Sox and this guy had a double, you know, a, a, yeah. you know, works for a double A team. I, I don't think they weigh it like that. I think they want to talk to, they, they talk want to people people who mean, bring value. value. They want people yeah. who bring value to the organization. Exactly. And I, you gotta, I think you got to find ways gonna, to exhibit that. Right. They're not going to hire on paper. They want to talk to you. Right. And they want to yeah. hear about your experience. Whereas the kid at the Red Sox probably slacked off because he, you know knew he was working for the red sox well the kid in the double a sounds pretty damn passionate about sports <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah i agree and uh you're you're doing a great job I, I like your 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 path so far going from the coyotes to the avalanche you're moving up to a better team a better city probably and yeah. <laughs> i'm just kidding no phoenix yeah. is a good phoenix is a
1: good time well i miss phoenix
0: yeah I, i'm here now my um my, my fiancé, our wedding is in a couple of weeks. We're moving in permanently to the Tempe area. So it's been, it's been chaotic. Uh, Late for,
1: congrats on your engagement. Early
0: congrats on your wedding. No, well, thank you. Uh, Bruce, let's go into what we wanted to talk about with, with you in college. Because college sports and, and your alma mater, specifically University of Nebraska, are very important to you. Um, and you're very passionate about, clearly, anybody who really knows Bruce really knows that he has he has a soft spot for University of Nebraska and for college sports. So the two very important things to him in his life. And so tell me, like you have an exuberant amount of passion for your alma mater. What was a uh, university of Nebraska like, and, and what were your favorite parts about going there specifically in, for your undergrad studies?
1: Yeah. Uh, so for anyone, anyone listening or anyone who does listen has never probably been to Nebraska, uh, but I'm from <laughs> Lincoln, which is the state capital and that's um, where the university is itself. So, I, I had a wonderful experience, um, met a lot of just really good friends. And obviously, and even though I've moved around a few times out of college, just, you know, some of my best friends, I still maintain really good relationships from Nebraska. So um, I think there's a really big community feel at Nebraska. Um, there's a lot of people that go there that aren't just from Omaha or Lincoln. There's a lot of people that go there from small towns. Um, and I think it's very generation, it's a big generational school too, you know, so it's like my dad went there, my grandpa went there and and that actually, yeah, that my dad did go there and my grandpa did go there. So I had a lot of family. (laughs) Um, so I mean, it, it was a wonderful time. I mean, obviously, You know, athletics, I think if you can make it a big part of your college career, and I certainly did um, in terms of like attending all the games and just being a sports nut. So it was awesome from that aspect. But um, I was lucky enough to surround myself with some really awesome people and both in the college that I studied with. And I was also in a fraternity and, and really enjoyed that as well. So.
0: Nebraska is an, and I, I drove through Nebraska once, and so I don't, it's not like I'm becoming some sort of expert on the state or yeah. anything, but I enjoyed my my one drive-through. I mean, obviously it's it's a lot of cornfields. Like, it's not an over-exaggeration when like, yeah. I mean, what is it, like eight, it's gotta be like 90% cornfields, the land.
1: Yeah, it's, I mean, you probably loved it because you were the
0: passenger <laughs> seat when you retired. I was driving, so I was oh, going you're like, you're <laughs> able to go like nine, it has like some of the fastest speed limits. I think there's, yeah. there's 80 mile per hour speed limits in Nebraska. So it's you like, feel like you yeah. can
1: fly. And, it's like uh, 75, but like wink, wink, like just keep <laughs> just keep going.
0: Yeah. And we stayed a night in Omaha. Omaha was a nice little town. I liked it.
1: Yeah. is Om- a nice city. It's about a million. I mean, it's, you know, they, we always have a joke in Nebraska that Omaha people, you know, will just beat their chest to no living <laughs> ends. And Lincoln people, like we're just <laughs> hands in our lap. Like we're fine. Like we know who we are. And, and Omaha people just love, um, I don't know. I guess the, I, I didn't know they were New York City of the West, but
0: you know. that's funny. There's a little bit of rivalry there.
1: Yeah, but I mean, we win, yeah. so I mean, I don't really know how that works as a rivalry. But no, they're a fun little brother. But what
0: what were your favorite sports at University of Nebraska?
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously, football's king. Uh, Love football. I, I.
0: Who'd you see that uh, when you were there? Did you see any like uh, guys good, who are in the league now?
1: In. Yeah. Yeah, we played Miami my freshman year at home. Um, that was a really fun game, um, and we won that. And Nebraska and Miami have a pretty steep rivalry, actually, um, just from meeting each other in like the postseason for years. Um, but yeah, we saw Miami come play. I mean, the Big Ten's so much fun because you're seeing so many of these elite schools come play all the time. And do
0: you remember? Do you remember seeing any guys that went ended up playing in, now in the NFL?
1: Yeah. Uh, like on rest, yeah. Um, Randy Gregory uh, was a really good player my freshman year. He's a defensive tackle. Malik Collins is a defensive tackle for the Raiders. Uh, Amir Abdullah was there. Nate Gary, who starts for the Eagles. Um, he was a really good player. A lot of defensive guys, as, as you can imagine. But um, Quincy Anunwa, who starts for my Jets, started for my Jets. Um, he played there and was able to watch him for a few years. So yeah, I mean, it was awesome seeing a lot of really good talent, um, especially in the trenches too, but a lot of good skill players too. So,
0: yeah, that's where they that's that's where they're known to you know breed them breed them good out there. You know, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, well, and it's great too because you know you have Ohio State come in and you have Michigan come in and you have Wisconsin come in mm-hmm. and you're seeing so much talent and you know like it is with the Pac-12. But it's great to watch guys you know come in and play at Nebraska whether it's a road game and watch them on Sundays and be like oh yeah I was pretty drunk and watched them in Nebraska the when they came here. So
0: <laughs> were you a big Nebraska fan growing up? Like, is that where your main passion f- for the college sports like comes from your, your, your grandfather and your father, like root, yeah. root for the, the school and
1: yeah, you know, I you mean, joining in. You're you really are a fan by default when you move there or when you live there. Um, and you're born there and yeah, of course, like my parents growing up and I remember like when I was younger, my parents, Really wouldn't like say, oh, we got to watch Bruce. Like, so you guys can have our tickets. No, no, no. They would like drop me off somewhere like a daycare. Still go to the game, tailgate and everything. So yeah, I mean, growing up and like I was lucky enough to you know be living in Lincoln, so I could go to games whether it was middle school or high school, and just got to see some really, I mean, like Indama and Sue. I grew up watching, really cool. Um, you know, just so many good players, and that was huge. I mean, so just being in the stadium, I go back now and it's so nostalgic. Not from a college standpoint, just but just like. Sitting here with my mom and my dad and everything. And and it's really cool. And it actually, and I'll end it on this. It's one kind of funny fact of how small Nebraska is. And that's that when Memorial Stadium is full, and I believe it's about 93,000, it becomes the third largest city in Nebraska.
0: <laughs> really? In Omaha. Has, it sits that many?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. It, I mean, it sits a lot, but it just goes to show how small it is. So that's wild.
0: Um, give me your, your best college victory and your worst college defeat. Like give me in your childhood, you could be when you were going there, when you, you know, in you in your childhood, give me yeah. like your best, your best college sports memory and your worst college sports memory. Oh
1: man. I think it was probably against the same team. This was back in the big 12 days, uh, playing Missouri. I'll start with the bad. Because I just want to get out of the way. <laughs> uh, do you remember Chase Daniel? Yes. In Missouri, Jeremy Macklin, Chase yeah. Kaufman. We played him at home, and it was like, oh, it was terrible. It was like a 9 p.m. kick in Nebraska. So, like games over like 11, 12, or whatever. <laughs> and, you know, where my seats are, where my parents' seats are, it's really close to the opposing section in the South Stadium. So, you see all this black and gold. I think they were ranked like fourth come in and they just beat the piss out of us. It was like 52 17. Like, (laughs) I'm yawning in the third quarter because I'm tired of the game and I'm tired because it's like 2 a.m. in New York and because how late it was. And that was just a terrible memory because it was just, you lost my 35 to a team that we just can historically pound. So, that was terrible. Um, I think we lost my senior year in college, actually. We lost Northern Illinois on a really bleak Saturday. It was like 17 14. Um, and we, and we fired that coach that year, uh, clearly, but <laughs> that's a brutal best, loss. Yeah. My, uh, and that, yeah, it was like two pick sixes. It was like 17, 14 was the final <laughs> loss. So it's like, they scored off just, <laughs> terrible um, my best memory was when we played Missouri in 2010 and I was able to see the, um, rushing record at Nebraska broke, uh, by Roy Halu, who was our running back, um, back then. And didn't he have were, long hair? Did he have long hair? Yeah, yep, yeah, yep, exactly. And we were ranked, and that was Taylor Martinez his freshman year, who was a really electric quarterback. Or Taylor Mart, yeah, Taylor Martinez, not Adrian. When um, we were ranked, I want to say tenth, and Missouri was sixth, and we beat them by like three touchdowns or two touchdowns. And but just seeing the rushing record, and, and I think with that, my worst memory being so fre- fresh off the the press two years prior, <laughs> and seeing that, that was really cool. So nice.
0: Yeah, I, at least like your worst loss like i you get blown out i mean the whole game you're you're bummed i mean yeah it depends like because for me my worst loss is the usc the usc texas rose bowl yeah oh
1: yeah
0: that was with vince young just literally beating the usc trojans single-handedly like that was i mean usc was they were they had the game the whole way and vince young literally just snatched it out of the jaws of defeat like oh
1: i know that was was insane that was just such like a celebrity game. It felt like you know, yeah. like Matt Liner and Reggie Bush felt more famous than certain actors in Hollywood. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. But it was certainly a Hollywood ending. Yeah,
0: I, for me, I was a big college football fan growing up, just because I was a big Trojans fan. But now the Trojans are, you know, they're okay, but you know, they're not the, the team they were when Pete Carroll was, you know, made it a made it an empire, really. Yeah, it, and um, it's it, now it's just it's all about the SEC now. It's just like. It's Mm. college football is just it's it's the same teams every year nowadays, and I guess I mean that that could be good for sports, but could also be bad for sports in different ways. But it is it is what it is. I mean, for one really cool thing that that recently happened though in college sports was the the March Madness tournament. So I mean, like last year, it's if this year's tournament felt weird because it had been so long since we had experienced it. It felt like it was you know years since we. Had experienced a March Madness tournament, and it, while you know the first round was really good, and then kind of the final four, of the UCLA's run, and then you know some of the stuff that they were able to accomplish in Loyal Chicago, and some of the, the big upsets, but there was generally, I would say, a lack of excitement, but it was just a general, you know, a general, you know, feeling of uh, relief that we thought we were able to get through it. You know, there was a, really the only one COVID scare with Oregon in the first round. But, you know, that that could have been way worse, too. So I don't know. What do you think about the tournament? Because I I was just happy that I was able to, you know, have it.
1: Yeah. You know, I think it was, yeah, it was so awesome that we had it. And I think there's such a, I've just grown such an appreciation for all these sports leagues, NCAA included, that they get this stuff done and they don't really look at it in the face of, We can't do it. Let's, you know, not why not, but like why? And I think just putting on an NCAA tournament in a bubble and as much as like I miss fans in the stands, I know so many man hours go into doing and putting that on. So, you know, when the NHL finished the bubble and, and, you know, NFL completed a season in NBA and same with the NCAA tournament, I my first thought truly was. I'm just so glad they got it done and, and just the idea of like putting their minds together and, and get it. Cause we almost came to expect it like, Oh, it's going to work. You know right. what I mean? We've seen it a few times, but uh, the, you know, there's 64 teams in, you yeah. know, in a, in a span of a city. So, you know, I, I thought it was fine. I think also, you know, not having it full of fans kind of stinks. And I think the fun yeah. part about watching March Madness is knowing the regions are all yeah. spread out. I and,
0: wonder, I mean, having fans in the stands, I feel like matters even more in amateur college athletics than it does in yeah. in, in professional sports because i mean the pros work their asses off and like that's their career where you know their performance is very le- a little bit less game to game than a collegiate athlete does i mean the fans can really make a difference for a college athlete like the energy that oh, they, they can, can provide and like it means a little bit more i think in those in those games
1: it does. It does. And I think what separates March Madness is you're watching so many, especially if you see teams like 15 seeds or 14 seeds advance, you're seeing guys play their like last games. Like you're not going to watch these guys play in the NBA, you know, for a lot of these teams, and a lot of these smaller schools. So seeing them in advance, like it's, that's like the peak of their career right then and there. Right. Yeah. Um, and in sports, it's like, okay, well the heat, will be back next year. You know, like I'm going to watch Tyler hero play next year, but that's what makes March Madness so great is not because, you know, Baylor and Gonzaga lined up in the final four and I was really excited for that matchup, but it was just fun to see, you know, smaller schools, you know, get back to that. Um, And even if it was still in Indianapolis, but yeah, I mean, like you said, fans in collegiate sports mean so much because you're counting on 21 year old kids to like play out of their mind. And that's really tough. You know, even if you're a very mature 21 year old. It's one game. Like, it's fully understandable
0: that like some of the best teams lose to some team you never heard of because it's like, it's one game. And they're they're like, oh, most of them are like not even 20 years old.
1: No. And even if it's like, oh, they're a very senior heavy team. They're like 21. They're 22. Right. That's extremely young, young, you know, and I've been to a few NCAA tournament games where it's the lower seed is, you know, winning or beating, um, you know, the higher seed. And, you know, there's always a game afterwards. Right. In the early rounds. So all the fans in the stands are made up of the two teams playing and then the other fans from the other game coming in. And everybody will rally around the lower seat, you know, like the fifteen yeah. seed, you know. So like it does make a difference. Like if Duke is the two seed and they're playing yeah. the fifteen seed, you have it is unanimously, you know, fans for the 15th seed. And that's it would what, be, I you know what
0: would be pretty funny is if they keep the bubble format. Yeah, and, but just like allow fans from like other schools to travel there, where you yeah. so you have like all, like you have sixty four different fan bases. Oh, you know, just a plot all, mark. that would
1: be that would that would probably cause some some chaos. Yeah, that city would make a <laughs> crap ton of money, but yeah, that would yeah. be. I'm sure whoever hosted it would not be uh, opposed. That's for sure.
0: <laughs> yeah, dude. I like. I. I just. I love when fans are able to will their team or will their players to, you know, a performance that is probably probably beyond their skill set or their abilities mm-hmm. normally. You know, it counts. That yeah. helps with the energy. Like, like this year, like that guy Cameron Kretwig, the, the 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 big guy with the mustache, look who, uh, from Loyola Chicago, Chicago yeah. Dude, he would have been a, a legend with if there were fans. Oh. If there were more fans there, they would have gone crazy for a guy like that. I mean, those types of players were like, "That guy's not going to be in the NBA," but he yeah. he would be a fan favorite. Like, we miss out on some of those experiences. With yeah, you
1: know, I actually had a few friends go to uh, their Creighton fans. Creighton's out of Omaha, and they went to the game against uh, Gonzaga and North Texas. Okay, and they just said it was so strange, but yet being inside Hinkle Fieldhouse, Butler's arena or stadium. Was just really cool because it was kind of like basketball royalty in a sense because it's such an old arena. It doesn't have a single digital ad at all. Oh really? That's cool. It's just so it's wooden. I think they fell down. You know, (laughs) Uh, and they said just being there was just so cool. And and uh, yeah, I think players. You ask any players too, you know, for the NHL, Arizona, the Coyotes had fans this year, and you talk to any of the players, they're like, yeah, we want to go play at Arizona because we want to hear people. We don't care if they're cheering against us. Like we just want to hear voices (laughs) in the crowd.
0: Yeah, it's kind of neat to see it come back in baseball because I mean, really, fans were just so ready to go back to sporting events that even like I know like the teams in Texas are allowing full capacity, which is crazy. But yeah, I mean, even like the twenty five percent capacity stadiums, like still like the fans were so eager to get back that the twenty five percent are are sounding like you know almost seventy five percent, eighty percent capacity, where they're right. just like they're they're the most loyal, dedicated, eager fans are, you know, attending the games now and it's going to yeah. make for, you know, a more enjoyable experience. I would say both, you know, in, in person and on TV,
1: I think too. Yeah. Nope. I you couldn't have said it better. It's awesome.
0: Yeah. The, uh, I, did the coyotes have fans like this is the when did they had, they had fans starting this last year, right? So starting at the, yeah, at the season. Okay.
1: Did. I actually went down for the abs, um, coyotes game in March. So it was awesome. Nice. Um, it was like my first live sporting. I mean, yeah, like a year. Um, and I was willing Dude, to buy. I'm, I have
0: not, I've yet to attend a sporting event so far. And I've, I've been meaning to, to get to it, but like I said, just with the wedding and, you know, going back yeah. and forth between Phoenix and, and Los Angeles, I just been way too busy. And I'm, I'm jealous for the, for the for my friends that have been able to attend some sporting, some sporting games. I'm just like, I'm so ready to get back. You know, I got I know. Clipper. I got Clipper season tickets for next season. I'm stoked about. You know, we so were talking about. Yeah, we were talking about um, awesome. how some people are coming back, and your a lot of your job was retention for you know working in sales during the pandemic. I placed yeah. a, I placed a deposit like right when the pandemic kind of started to take place yeah. for season tickets, and they just like held my two hundred dollar deposit or whatever for you know. A, a full year basically until full pandemic yeah, yeah. A, full, a full pandemic you know and, <laughs> and uh I was able to finally like reserve seats for next year again i'm gonna get half season tickets so like oh, 22 good. games I'm gonna basically sell the Laker game resell the Laker game and make my money back because Yeah make your money back the Lakers are like i mean literally like jacked up prices 500 percent for Laker games oh, in Los Angeles.
1: Yeah. It's ridiculous. You can really point to, yeah, three or four teams. And it's like, if I get rid of just one of these, like it, it was worth right. it. Literally yeah. Worth it. Yeah.
0: Cause I mean, <laughs> our, especially with that game specifically, we have good seats. And so like, we're only like 10 rows back from behind the hoop, I think, or something like that. And so oh. a, a Liker game is going to be, you know, two to 3000 a seat. I, I figure, you know,
1: I think you just found out how you funded your honeymoon. There you go. <laughs>
0: there you go right there. Um, Bruce, one of my favorite things about your what you were telling me when you were at Nebraska was your podcasting experience. So I... I it, just in our conversation, people who don't know Bruce, like Bruce, ha- naturally it, sales is perfect for him because he's a very excellent people person. He strikes up conversations in the most quirky ways. Like he'll he'll say something, and, and you have to double take yourself when you look at Bruce because you'd be like, "Did he say that? I was so clever! Like that was like where did how did he come up with that so fast? Like he's very quick witted, and uh, it's really neat to see Bruce in action when you know he's on like a, he's really you know focused in on conversation because he does have. Excellent sales skills because he's very charismatic and very uh I don't know involved with the people he talks to and those skills also attribute to successful podcasting and so I'm curious like how how was your podcasting experience like what'd you talk about like what what'd you like what were you good at with it what'd you guys do
1: yeah uh, no I appreciate it we so I actually had about th- three different podcasts throughout college my freshman year I didn't even study broadcasting I just. What was so great, and I'm sure your school did this too, is they were really uh, like, just go for it, you know? And we were able to take advantage of some really nice podcasting equipment at Nebraska and they had the studios and you could really just go after it. And you could, I mean, they provided you everything if you really wanted to go for it. And you didn't have to study broadcasting. You did have to be in the journalism school, but you didn't have to study broadcasting. Um, And that first year I had a podcast with a friend. He wasn't a big sports guy. So, but we, I was like, well, I am, but like, let's still talk about just stupid sports. So we would talk about like women's bowling and there was like a, <laughs> there were like local leagues in Lincoln and we would awesome. always, dissect so the awesome. scores. um, and we would always, and we called it over under because we had also discuss like sports lines. Um, but we'd always preface it by saying, now this isn't legal, so don't take our advice on this, but this is how many runs are going to be scored tonight in the Mets Braves game. Um, and we would just talk about little stuff like that. Um, and then my next, the next podcast, I guess it was the same show. I just had different co-hosts and I called it water cooler talk. Um, you know, it's just a stupid, you know, like just water cooler talk. Just great segment that. names. Yeah, yeah, just banter that you have, you know, with the coworker at the uh, next, yeah, uh, at the next day. Explanatory. Right, right, and we really, you know, it was both my junior and senior year, and it was such a blast. Uh, and the people I recruited to, to do it with me. The first year was kind of very trial and error and stuff, and it was still fun. And then my senior year, I was like, I'm kind of serious about this. I'm not like. I'm not going to take it too seriously, but I am serious about growing it and seeing how far we can get with because it. Because it's fun. It's because fun. So fun. Have Yeah, you know, it, it's great to like just turn on the mic and be like, "Yeah, let's do that." But like, if you actually do put somewhat organization into it, and you can actually, and you want to see the podcast, grow, or excuse me, podcast grow, because at the end of the day, you want it to reach as many people as it can. In yeah. um, my scene, I, I really love how different podcast to podcast, like it could get like,
0: it depends on what you're talking about, who you're talking about with, like, that's just really fun. It's, it's really fun to just have conversations about all the different topics that you are particularly interested in or somewhat interested in or tangentially interested in. Like, it's just fun to have conversations with, with friends and people you relate to.
1: It's so much fun. And basically the layout of our show is this, it was like first half hour was just stuff we read, crazy headlines, weird stuff in the news. Whether it was sports, whether it was just what's going on with Florida or, you know, whatever. <laughs> Florida uh, man does. What's, what, was, what was Florida man up to? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, who got, who got eaten by another <laughs> and, Um, and then, the, and then the last half hour to, to 40 minutes, we always had a guest. Like, we always had a guest and we always had an athlete guest. Um, and we were able to just get some, like, really cool guests. And throughout my years in college, like, just developing contacts with uh, players on teams, it was really easy to get athletes on the show um and, who's your and favorite, what we who's your was your favorite athlete guest um i would say it was so during my senior year of college we had like three basketball players on and nebraska was really good at basketball that year so it was a really grabby like oh we got to listen to this cuz you know these three guys are on and we would treat these guys like absolute human beings i mean yeah. they have press conferences every day right so we yeah, weren't throwing them peer. nuts and bolts right and we weren't throwing them like nuts and bolts questions we were asking them like like is this girlfriend hot <laughs> like, tell us, you know, yeah. and like, say it right now, and, you
0: know, and just got stupid, your head,
1: like. <laughs> right, right, and just stupid stuff like that, and people got a kick out of it, and so did the athletes. I mean, it got to the point where, you know, the athletes would other athletes would hear them on the show, and they would be like, hey, I want to get on that show. You know, it's yeah. really fun, and there was a, I'm sure you're familiar with barstool, obviously. Um, and every campus has like a barstool Iowa, barstool Huskers, and with our barstool Huskers, there was about thirty two thousand Twitter followers. Well, we like, quote unquote, partnered with them. And it was like the official podcast of them. So, you know, they promoted the hell out of the show. They would always retweet it. Um, We had a graphics guy. And, you know, if we had funny quotes um, from the athlete or, you know, an interaction with me or any of my uh, co-hosts, they would always promote that. So just talk about it. you know, I've had like NFL guys on, guys that were currently in the NFL that went to Nebraska, guys that were playing at the time that went on to go to the NFL, had an NBA. Uh, Isaiah Roby for the Oklahoma City Thunder. He starts for him right now.
0: Nice.
1: Um, and I had him on the show and it was a blast. And just treating these guys as, as who they are like it's kids interviewing kids at the end of the day. And it, it was just so much fun. And, and you What's know, you- the, like it was just a favorite part of my week and just walking home yeah. afterwards and That's just really no- cool you did a really good job and loading it. And I mean, we would get close to maybe 5,000 listens on some episodes and Nice, some really, really good engagement. And, you know, at first it's not as big as you'd want it to be, but I think just getting those, um, small comments from people, I don't even know saying, Hey, really enjoy the show. Like keep it up. Like that is more than enough to keep going.
0: Do you remember any like particular questions that you got like great responses on? Can you think of any of them?
1: Oh, from like athletes? Yeah we would, you know, we would just ask some athletes, like, would you rathers? And like, you know, they would just be like stupid, like, would you rather do this or shit your pants? And, you know, the, the boyfriend would be like, no, I don't want to shit my pants, you know? And it's like, he, he's never said that to a microphone yeah. in his life, uh, you know, but or just asking Scott Frost, the coach of Nebraska was hired that year. And um, I was talking to Stanley Morgan, who plays for the Bengals now. He doesn't start, but he's on the roster. And we were just talking about Scott Frost and I was like, I would be honored to get kicked out of the stadium by Scott Frost. Like, so would I, you know, so like little interactions <laughs> like that, um, were just so much fun. And, and obviously seeing those guys in and around campus or downtown, it was really cool. And, um, really cool. you know, just really good guys. And I think it just shows athletes are just like us, you know, especially in college and they're very genuine and authentic. And- well,
0: that's what they want. Like, especially the athletes, I think it, especially the athletes that eventually go pro or know they're going to go pro. yeah, Like they want to experience those things in college. Like yeah. they, they want that like unique, those unique things because so it's, it's like almost like their last, you know, the last hurrah before they become their life become super calculated and, you know, at least more, more is at stake to them after they, you know, collect that, those first big paychecks.
1: Yeah, they, I mean, they're constantly, they're constantly watched, you know, and monitored. And it's not to say that they weren't during this time, but it was their ability just to just like, take a breath, man. Like I'm wearing a stupid suit coat, like, you know, with a Jersey I'm fat. Like just talk to me, you know, Uh, it's it's
0: fun. Like that's like one of the, that's one of the best things about podcasting. Cause when you have a guest that is, you know, a little bit more calculated or wound up in terms of their public perception, it's awesome when like, they kind of let loose a little bit on the podcast and like, you know, start sharing things that they wouldn't normally share on some sort of like, you know, Oprah interview or something on like, Ellen DeGeneres like they're not gonna you know talk about you know their their stupid dog or some sort of like experience they had in college or you know anything you know there's just there's different things you would discuss on a podcast that it's just it's fun it's interesting to hear and that's one of my favorite things about them
1: right like what are you talking about with your teammates outside in the locker room right you know like you (laughs) don't need to say discriminating or anything like that but like just you know and I'm not saying we're your teammates by any means you know when we're talking to these guys but um you know, it, it was you just want to get a like, sense of the community, of, of right, the team right. community. And it made them really just, yeah. I, I just, and, you know, it was just, they created just funny inside jokes. And being friends with athletes on teams was really helpful in, in terms of kind of having them say, hey, like, these are really normal guys. Like, this is not a dorky show. And that was a really good um, uh, connection, you know, and, and using that as kind of a mutual connection. So, but would, was, you ever,
0: would you ever podcast again?
1: God, you know, I, I so would. I love it. Um, I think, just yeah. I mean, it, it's a lot of fun. I mean, I, I, I certainly would. I think it would have to be kind of a um, there has to be somewhat of a purpose. Not not a, you know an insane purpose, it's, but the
0: the the editing side is really tough. Or like, right. if you just have to record, if you like, if you just. You know, you sit down and you, you, if anything, you prepare a little bit for your episodes, what you're going to say, what you're going to talk about, but that, that stuff's like pretty simple. And then when you get into the conversations, you know, it's a conversation and you're you've right. done, you've had a million of them. You, you enjoy speaking to people. That's what you excel at. But yeah. the, the behind the scenes work is what really is the major commitment to it. You know, that's what's, yeah. that's what's tough.
1: Well, and I think my issue too was like, if I were to do it, I'd want to do it right. And not saying every week, yeah. uh, but I think whenever we recorded a show, I was always the one editing it and I didn't really mind because I wanted kind of that control over it, you know, whether That's it was, how I am too, you know, the intro or not, you know, not the ad read. We actually did kind of partner with a company that like, uh, that are friends of mine that were like a tailgating company that gave away some tickets. So that was really cool. But, um, had interviewed a few guys at Barstool which was really neat but just being able to edit that and kind of control that and just the way that I wanted to see it and I think on our show like I obviously did take the lead on almost all of it it was sort of just two friends kind of being there with me and um, you know offering some commentary but you know it was kind of my baby and we, were, we sold some shirts around campus which was really fun um, and we were able to give away some money to to charity too. So it was uh, all in all, I mean, it was such a wonderful experience. And I, you know, and I do miss it from time to time. I'll get drunk and tweet from our our Twitter saying like, Hey, we're back. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're back. Uh, we're we're going to have an episode on Monday, uh, 7 p.m. Yeah. On standard times.
1: <laughs> check, check your full new episode.
0: <laughs> Dude, I, I, I definitely want to find some sort of sample. We I want to have you read some sort of promo, but that'd be hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Vicious talk of Benny P is brought to you by <laughs> Bruce's living room and where he has yeah. lots of cauliflower and broccoli.
1: <laughs> Bruce's Penny <kind> of Rosa. <laughs> uh, I won't it to you.
0: Yeah, dude, I would love to bring you back on our podcast at some point. Again, it'd be awesome that it, it, you have a great energy by yourself when you, when you're on these types of things. I think you would yeah, do No, I I'd it, see it, it, why it you would do well.
1: Yeah, it, it's a blast. And I, you know, I didn't study broadcasting and and, and by no means my duty, my own horn, but I just think it sounds, you know, the more genuine and less robotic. And, and you know, it's, we joke about ad reads and everything. But outside of that, it's like, it feels like when you pause for two seconds, you think you're like, ruining, you know what I mean? And it's like, no, yeah. like people are literally just listening to a conversation. It's not, um, you know, as, as structured as you need to make it out to be. People aren't listening for perfection. They're listening for um, authenticity. So, Agreed. I agree,
0: hundred percent. All right, Bruce. Well, you're you're in Colorado. You're working for the ABS. Let's talk a little about some Colorado sports. Yeah. Um, The big topic, if I'm get me wrong. So the Broncos are the team there, right? I mean, that that's the team that people root for more so than the others, right?
1: Yeah, I I think the NFL dominates the country almost everywhere. Okay. Uh, The Broncos are no exception. Um, The brand itself is just so big, and I think they're they've had the most recent success for the Super Bowl, obviously, but. You know, you think the Broncos and it's John Elway, it's Peyton Manning, you know, it's just, they have some really good fans here. And I was never a Broncos guy. I kind of almost disliked them to an extent, but like after being here, it's like they really do ride or die, even though they suck. and had like a cornerback playing quarterback last year.
0: Was it you and me selling... Uh or we were giving away those promos for the coyotes at the Broncos game.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They were playing uh yeah, they were playing the Cardinals. And you remember how much orange you saw? Yeah. What's what's crazy about it, Ben, is that you know, people from Denver, and I'm sure there's a lot of Broncos fans around there too, but like people had an easier chance living here in Colorado and going to a game down there than they are getting tickets here.
0: Damn, really. It's that scarce. It's tough to get Broncos tickets.
1: It, it, it really is. You gotta know a guy or give a foot job. I mean, it really is. <laughs> it, it
0: Who's gonna be the Broncos' QB next year? It's a
1: great question. It cannot uh, be.
0: It cannot be Drew
1: Lock. It no, cannot be. I, I don't. I don't think it'll be Drew Lock. I think. Drew, I think last year was kind of his his trial, you know, his, uh, that his was audition. his last chance, right? I know it was. And, you know, it's really unfortunate because the year before he like he played fine. Cause I think he, he really exceeded, he, he he, well, exceeded expectations and he didn't even start to begin the year. It was Joe Flacco, if you remember. Mm-hmm. And I think the, the, cor- is, the corpse, that is Joe Flacco. No kidding. RIP. Um, <laughs> uh, but with Drew Locke, I think what's you, you can't always put so much stock into a guy that plays for a bad team and kind of rips off some, like, three or four last wins. And that's kind of what he was at the end of yeah. 2019, 2020. You know, they ended really well. And then I think, you know, this year it kind of became apparent he was a third-round pick, you know, he was a fourth-round pick. So it's not going to be Drew Locke. I would say – and I'm a Jets fan too. So I think it's good. – they're going to either trade up and get, like, a Justin Fields. Um, I really do. Thanks. Justin Fields or a Fields trade – be-
0: I, I would be happy if I was a Broncos fan and they get Fields or Lance. I think that'd be a good that'd be a good draft.
1: Absolutely, especially if they get Justin Fields. Like from a guy that's watched Justin yeah. Fields, like I mean, I he,
0: he's like he's got real Cam Newton, Ben Roethlisberger vibes to him. He really does. Yeah, I mean,
1: he's just a winner. He's efficient. Um, and he's a really, he's a really quick learner. I mean, the guys learned two offenses, like just like that came in. And it's crazy uh,
0: how, I mean, really he, what has he done to really sour, have people sour on him so much where he was the number two, he was the prospective number two guy. Like, what did he do wrong? Like he hasn't, if anything, he had a a, a good college season. Like what,
1: why is he dropping? That question has kept me up for days because it seemed as if NFL nerds like to, have projections, all the games are played. And then after that, they just recreate or like or they have a revisionist history of like Zach Wilson at BYU. And it's like, well, yeah. I thought Justin Fields, the guy that just played in the national title and beat Trevor Lawrence, was the number two pick. And now we're just basing guys off in shorts at Pro Day and yeah. saying, No, Justin Fields is now gonna be fourth. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like I there's just, talk about him sliding even more. It's like Yeah. And like Mac Jones, the emergence, I I just I don't understand it. So if the Broncos get him, like, yes, it's an absolute gift. Like count your blessings. I think he's going to be the quarterback next year. I think either Fields or Lance, because I don't think there's going to be, it was going to be Deshaun Watson potentially, but obviously that turned really south. So, uh, because I think that was going to be the landing spot for him if the Texans ended up trading him. Uh, But I think now they're going to go, you know, either Lance or, or Justin Fields. So
0: what about like a Bridgewater trading for Bridgewater out of Carolina?
1: you know i mean that, that that's certainly a possibility i think you know in this draft there's really nothing next year so if you can get a guy now i think you would um if it is a trey Lance or justin fields i think if you have one of those guys you really do need to go after him because, because the broncos a, are
0: kind of a team that people are like they're like over 50 to 1 i think to win the championship or like the yeah, division I mean, they, or the division t- odds are like not even good at all like a yeah. really tough division like th- but they're a team that like people are starting to theorize like they could be a dark horse as like a big a, a big underdog that you know yeah the odds. I
1: mean, their defense yeah. is really really good um uh, but they just had poor quarterback play last year and they got kind of get bitten by the covid bud too bug i should say but um no offense a really good tight end from omaha um and also jared judy so i think you have some pieces you can build around there but yeah. if i would answer your question right now i and think it's gonna be kind of answer justin fields they'll draft down
0: yeah, I like Lance and Fields. I think that one of those two should be should be solid for them. If they yep. if they could get one of those guys, I think Broncos fans should be happy. All right, yep. who, what's your what's your NBA finals prediction? Because I know I know while you're in Colorado, the Nuggets are the are the hot team there. The Jamal Murray injury was devastating. I mean, not only do they lose yeah. him for the rest of this year, it's like the rest of the next year too. I mean, those are like 12, 13 to 14 month injuries, the ACLs and mm-hmm.
1: it it was not good. It was No got an email today from work said it went well which is good so we're, we're hoping for the best for jamal but yeah i mean that was that was a killer i think you know the nuggets made a pretty um unconventional move for them when they got aaron gordon yeah, yeah. Aaron Gordon's like a decent like he's a you know he's not just a role play that's like, one of the can- better
0: trades they've made in a while right
1: right and you kind of include him with Jokic, who's a star and murray Jokic is un- incredible bonus, yeah
0: so he's my mvp
1: yeah, and they were playing so darn well. But obviously with Jamal Murray, you know, it does go through Jokic. But, I mean, Jamal Murray is what makes him kick. That
0: and two-man that two man game is it's right. one of the best in the league, if not the you best in the league.
1: No diss to Monte Morris, but, like, you just can't replicate what Jamal Murray brings. So yeah. it was a terrible injury. I, I think it sucks because in the NBA, like, it's – it's not like baseball or, or football where you can really overcome, you know, stars like that. It's a really star-driven yeah. league. You get to the NBA, it's very tough to. Uh, I mean, LeBron James has played with crap before at, with the Cavs, and yet they've gotten there. You know, yeah. so um, it, it's really tough to. It's, if they come together as a team, yeah, especially in the West, you
0: Jokic know. Jokic would have to win like two games on his own. On his them own, to, yeah, for him, yeah, to, for them to be like, a, maybe they could advance past the first round, but a second yeah. round win would be tough.
1: I, I would just say the Lakers, assuming AD and LeBron come back, the Clippers are extremely strong. The Jazz are pretty darn consistent. And the Suns, the emergence of the Suns. So I think um, that's a really, really tough road. Do you have a uh, prediction?
0: Who do you think is going to go to the finals?
1: I would say, oh, man. I would like to think, gosh, the West is so tricky. But It is. Both, I would say, both really. Both conferences are so tricky. You know, I really, I really don't trust the Nets. I really think the Sixers get there. If I were to guess, if Ben Simmons comes back, I think that's my dark horse. Yeah. I think people want to say the Nets, and I don't blame them at all. But I just think the lack of defense, and I heard a crazy for stat. Maybe it's that, the health. Well, and when they get, yeah, when they get to the playoffs, I think they will only have played at that time seven games together with those big three. Yeah. So, um, and they kind of have a lot of Walmart furniture. Oh, like nice Walmart furniture, but Walmart, I play Griffin <laughs> and DeAndre Jordan. Who well, Griffin's actually
0: looked pretty good. DeAndre know, Jordan I mean, Griffin, is. Griffin, Griffin kind of played yeah. a little
1: possum. Awesome. He was like, you can yeah. trade me for. A Gatorade cap, and then he's you know playing like, the, whole, <laughs> the cap. whole jug. So <laughs> I would say the Sixers, and then I, you know what? And I'm not just saying this because you're here, but I will. I do think the Clippers will get it done. I just think that they're there. We go. I think once they get there, I think last year really did shave them. And the fact that no one's saying that—that's that what—that's exactly there. my
0: point of view. Right. The you fact know. that everybody's already writing them off, and and rightfully yeah. so. I mean, you're a fool at this point if if you've watched the NBA over the last twenty years. You're a fool if you think the Clippers should be the favorites. But I mean, yeah. that's that's why I think I'm optimistic for the Clippers because last year, like the Kendrick Perkins and the Sticking uh, Skip Baylesses, like would be like the Clippers are the best team and they're gonna they're gonna be going. To the finals and win it all it's like to shut up like the clippers do not do well as favorites (laughs) the they they do not want to be known as the team to beat like yeah they're the underdog and they beat you because it was unexpected that's when they're at their best
1: so I know once Skip Bayless says it on some July I, it, day, it's it drives like, me damn, crazy. Dude, you just it's, it's like,
0: it. He he gives Clippers fans a bad name. Like he the stuff he tweets out, it's like, dude, just keep your mouth shut, dude. I know <laughs> I know you like the Clippers, but just like, oh it, it just drives me it drives me <laughs> crazy when he does that.
1: I know. <laughs> he's the worst. He paid a ton, but he's the worst. Yeah.
0: Who's uh who's your NHL prediction? I I haven't been watching a lot of hockey yet. Who who looks good?
1: I mean I, I I don't think I'm being biased with this, but yeah, I mean, good, they, huh? are both the, they are They uh, are the best team in the NHL right, right now, standings wise. Well, they we had gotten paused due to COVID um, last Friday, but before that we're thirty nine and four. Um, we're the only oh, wow. team we were the only team at the time to not have ten losses or double digit losses. So oh. Uh, they're they're a really good team so i think if the abs are healthy which they are you know COVID is will be cured and i think they're all vaccinated too so by playoff time um that that won't be an issue but i would say the abs um and like i would probably say the lightning i think the abs and the lightning and i again, think it, huh? lightning Tampa, yeah, bay,
0: Tampa bay is just so solid they're, they're really so good
1: solid they've just they've won it so their experience they know what it takes to get there and i just think it could be sort of a weird passing of the torch in a sense um you know so i'm not saying the abs are going to win but i just think if the abs are playing it the way they are and healthy uh oh yeah it's going to be really tough <laughs> I'll, root, to... I'll
0: root for them for you brucey
1: yeah thank you it's just gonna be <laughs> really tough to have someone beat them four times i mean that's yeah. what it is you know so yeah. four times good luck yeah I,
0: I, I, <laughs> I think hockey is one of those sports where aside from a goalie just getting insanely hot where they just go, they get yeah. on the because that's what really like it makes some of the magic stories in hockey when a goalie yeah. just gets unstoppable. But Is like it, for know. the most part, the best team wins in hockey when you have seven games. For the most part, yeah. like if you're the better team, you win unless your goalie just becomes you're literally you, it's a brick wall, like you can't get it past. Yeah, down.
1: it's it's really hard to hide your flaws in the playoffs, um, you know, and to kind of like you can't get really lucky and get and get to the Stanley Cup. Like you really have to be playing really really well um so i mean if you're not on your a game and and we just have a lot of guys that are young healthy it's really refreshing because we have a lot of guys on the team that really just want to win and they will take the cuts and pay that they need to in order for the roster to um you know stay that the way it is and, and no. we have i think the second best player in the nhl uh in nathan mckinnon so
0: good Very for you dude. I'll, I'll root for the avalanche for you I'll, I'll, I'll cheer them on. That'd be, be fun for you. I'll, you'll have to invite me out for the, uh, the celebration parade when that goes down too.
1: I was just about to, say, <laughs> you're trying, to you're trying to get a seat? <laughs> no, uh,
0: I wouldn't I would would go that far for you. No, but. I think the bar across
1: the street has a uh, 70% capacity. You could grab a seat over there. That'd be dope.
0: Um, any, any early baseball opinions, early season baseball opinions, I'm sorry, you're Rockies, you're out there in Colorado. The Rockies are probably the worst team in the sport this year. So yeah. you could get uh, like $6 seats that's on the, on the bright side. You can get like, you know, real cheap seats to, to Coors Field.
1: We expected it. Um, it's, yeah, I mean, it sucks. I mean, I think it was just, it was so deflating when Arenado left and, um, I think the Rockies management can't blame anyone but themselves because he lost, and you know Nolan Arenado for the longest time was just pleading to get you know pitching help and and roster um, not overhaul but just some help. I mean they let go of DJ LeMahieu, which I think will sting a lot of Rockies fans, obviously, and then he becomes the player that he does, and then Arenado leaving um, really sucks, yeah. and it, I feel bad for a guy like you know Charlie Blackman and. I like Trevor's story, but you know, they won their home opener, which was great. It was a really <laughs> nice day. We beat the champs. But I think after that, people understood like reality is about to set in, you yeah. know, fairly quickly.
0: It's so. funny. I think the NL West has the two best teams in baseball with the, 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 the Dodgers Potters. and the Padres. The I think those are the, yep. the two best teams, but they I NOS, I think, also has the two worst teams with the D-backs and the Rockies. I think those are the two worst
1: teams. Yeah, so, and you know, I was thinking about this the other day. I thought, gosh, it's so cool that we're seeing a rivalry, like, kind of reinvigorate itself with the Padres yeah. and the Dodgers. You know, that's totally. so cool. And, um, and what's cool about baseball is you get that so many times throughout a year, um, which would be really, really cool. But I, I also am a, so I'm a big New York fan, so I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Yankee fan, and it's oh, obviously sorry. been extremely it's disappointing been a tough, so far. Tough COVID. I mean, you don't need to feel bad. I mean, 27 yeah.
0: championships at all, but...
1: Yeah. So and they've obviously been off to a really rough start, which sucks, but... Um, yeah, not but really, worth... but... I, mean, I hate the Yankees. I, I, I hate
0: the Yankees so much.
1: No, I, I don't blame you at all. I don't blame you at all. Um, I think they'll get back into it. I think Boston is is uh, yeah. playing with a little fool's gold right now, but no, oh, it's possibly. been a really... I think um The team to really beat for me
0: headlines. in that division is the Blue Jays, man. The Blue Jays are really good. Young, young, talented. They have some solid veteran arms with Ryu, Robbie Ray. They have some good players. And I think that it, especially they got this new reliever Merriweather. He's on the IR right now. He looks good yeah. in the closer in the closer role though. So
1: and yeah, I think the addition of Springer too, you know. Uh and Springer has, he hasn't, hasn't even played too. yet.
0: He he's supposed to make his debut, I think, this week. So that'd be fun.
1: Yeah. But again, but, it's been there and everything. The, the,
0: really the Yankees cool. are going to need pitching, but you know, the Yankees are the Yankees. If anybody is going to acquire pitching, you know, the Yankees have a track record of doing a pretty good job at it. So,
1: yeah. I German's been off to a shaky start. It's funny because he wasn't even injured. He was suspended due to a felony or like, a, you know, assault. Yeah. So you think he'd like, you know, he could play in his off time, but guess not. I hear, I uh, hear
0: he's, he's kind of like a real douchebag in, in, in locker room. Like he's I really mean, not a fun why, guy.
1: For what he got suspended for, it wouldn't yeah. shock me, but just go win me some games. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, it's, it's been really exciting. And, and what's really cool too, is the all-star games coming here this year. Yeah. I was going to uh, ask you about that. In Colorado. And, and I, I, I just, I can't wait. It's going to be so much fun. And, you can try and to get tickets. Funny. Yeah. So my uh, three of my buddies who work with me at the ABS have season tickets and nice. they have four tickets. They're really nice. And apparently they treated their season ticket members really well in regards to like playoff pricing or all-star yeah not playoffs but all-star fights we could yeah. probably offer
0: two dollars a game for playoff price right in
1: a yeah game.
0: if you place your deposit now you, know, yeah, for you a playoff could,
1: thing, yeah you can throw out first pitch i swear to god uh so but yeah we it was like 75 bucks for the all-star game that they are that they got them for Dude, um,
0: why why did major league baseball gift the Rockies, the All Star Game, when they they just like traded the best player in their franchise's history I know. for A very for, go, for the let the, the Gobber, the lefty, the starting pitcher, he's terrible.
1: Oh, I know. It, <laughs> it, it really is funny because it's going to be like the least amount of Rockies fans. I mean, you are going to have Charlie Blackman. That's probably not <laughs> yeah, playing right. in the game,
0: and I know because every team's yeah. going to have one or or it might yeah. be story. It might be story. Yeah, who has might, not might played well to start the season? So the one good player yeah. that the Rockies have has not played very great. So,
1: <laughs> well, they will. Yeah, they'll have a blackman or a story because they could sell his jersey. Yeah, during the All Star game, so. <laughs> Sorry, the All Star game. Yeah, it's but, funny. yeah, very excited about that.
0: All right, Bruce. All right, let's wrap it up. Let's go into our final segment. We're gonna yeah. give you. I'm call, I call the segment the Vicious Minute, and what it yeah. is is, uh, well, initially it, the idea was to try to have like in in um the uh around the horn ESPN show yeah. when you know everybody. Is talking about different topics. The the host gives them points for saying good stuff, and yeah. then the winner at the end gets like a minute to just say whatever they want. So, if if you think of something that comes to you, like anything you're passionate about, literally like any random topic, anything you want to bring attention to, at the end of this, I'll give you a minute to talk about it if you want. If not, sure. we'll, we can wrap it up at the end of this. But what we're gonna do is the alternative is gonna be some trivia. So I'll give you five questions. All okay. right, I'm gonna give you five trivia questions. I got a six bonus one for you, but the bonus one is just a fun one. So we'll, we'll, we'll get to that on after at the end, but um, I got five questions for you uh, kind of about, you know, things we talked about Lincoln, Nebraska, uh, some Colorado stuff, a little bit about the avalanche. And so um, we'll see how you do in these five questions related to topics about you and your life. So, yeah. Are you ready? Question number one. Fire one. Lincoln, Nebraska became the state capital in 1869 and was renamed after President Abraham Lincoln after his assassination. What was the original name of Lincoln before the name change? Mm. Wow. Damn. I can't give you the options because I know that you'll get it if you hear it. Oh, God. That, that, if that's any hint, because I know if I said the option, you'll be, oh, it's that.
1: Oh man, um, not North. Gosh, I don't even. What was the
0: name of Lincoln before the city of Lincoln before changing?
1: Honestly, I I don't know. Uh, it was Firth, Omaha. How was in Omaha?
0: No. Uh, All right, it's it it. A, a Nebraska legislator, in an effort to keep the capital in Omaha, because it, it was in Omaha before it, it changed to Lincoln, um, he decided to try to "quote unquote" honor President Abraham Lincoln after the Civil War, after his assassination, by renaming Lancaster. Oh, that, a, After after the Union supported president President That's Lincoln, because yeah. because the state of Nebraska had a lot of Confederate supporting citizens. And the legislator was hoping that people would vote against moving the capital to Lincoln because he he wanted to keep it in Omaha. But obviously that failed. Yeah. <laughs> no, that was uh. God, I Lancaster. told you I, I couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't I tell know. you if I said Lancaster, it's in Lancaster County. You would have gotten it. Yeah. Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> Over yeah. one. You're right. A, a, a hot start here on the vicious minute here for Bruce. If I can
1: bat four hundred, <laughs> I'll take it. Okay. All right. Question
0: number two. <laughs> In nineteen twenty seven, Edward Perkins invented the state's official soft soft drink to this day. What was the drink that Edward Perkins invented? I'll give you four options. Yeah. A A, Coca-Cola, B, root beer, C, Kool-Aid, or D
1: high C. Oh, C, Kool-Aid. That's in Nebraska. Yeah. These days. Yep. You got Boom. it? Edward Perkins two, three,
0: invented Kool-Aid in nineteen twenty seven. He invented like the powder, the food drink, can we The fruit it today. Yep, yeah. state drink this, the state soft drink of of Nebraska Kool Aid. We drink Di- a lot of yeah.
1: They got a lot of diabetes in Nebraska too. <laughs> yeah, I think our our athletes got to stop drinking it. We're, we kind of suck at sports right now. Not
0: they got those cramps because they got too much Kool Aid sugar. Yeah. To <laughs>
1: we got to get out of our school's water fountains for God's sake. Yes.
0: All right, well, all right. Well, one for two, Bruce. Question number three. Before moving to Denver, um, Denver, Colorado, in nineteen ninety-five, what was the name of the organization that became the Avalanche? So, before they became the Colorado Avalanche, what was the name of the organization? What they were in a different city and they had a different name. Do you remember? Yeah,
1: they were the Quebec Nordiques. There you go, oh, two for three, Brucey. Like that. Fun fact: like that, awesome. when, they,
0: when they were when they were moving from Quebec, they were supposed to be called the Seahawks with a capital H, S E A capital H. A-W-K-S. In my research, I found that. that. They shot that down. Yeah. It, it, it would – that that change would have been rewriting the course of history because then the Seattle Seahawks wouldn't have been what their name was, and that would have been completely yeah. different too. So, yeah, the, the avalanche is a, is a much better name.
1: Yeah, we have avalanches here. I, I haven't seen a Seahawk <laughs> ever. Yeah. In my life. Yeah.
0: No, there's no Seahawks in Colorado. That's, that's... I don't even know what that is.
1: <laughs> what it seems is. like a cartoon Falcon.
0: <laughs> that's what it is. Exactly what it is. It's a cartoon Falcon. All right. We're, we're two for three. Question number four. Can you name two of the Avalanche's top five point scorers in franchise history? Two of their top five.
1: Um, Patrick Waugh.
0: He is not one.
1: Or no, Joe Sackick, obviously.
0: And that's why I had two, because Joe Sackick is the obvious number one. He's
1: yeah, the Joe guy. Sackick is obviously number one. 16,
0: uh, 1,641 points. He's like 600 more than the next guy.
1: I would say, is Gabe Landeskog on there? He is not. Nathan McKinnon? Mm-mm. <laughs> uh, Linford? <laughs> or no, Hayduk,
0: Hayduk, Hayduke. You got one, Milan hey Duke. All right, He's, the, he's number four. Okay. He's number four. It goes Peter Stastny. Yep. Michael Goulet. Uh Mich- or Michelle Goulet. Might be pronouncing yeah. it wrong. I can't but- pronounce Milan Hayduk and Peter Forsberg.
1: Oh yeah, duh. Peter Forsberg. Yep. Yep.
0: Yeah. I can't. You got that one. I'll, I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. You got you got and Hayduk. I like
1: it. I was just speaking into the wind. You happen to hear it. So
0: <laughs> Yeah. Just you know, throwing throwing some stuff out there? Yeah. All right. Three for four. Bruce, we're going to question number five. You're on a hot streak. You got, you after missing the first one, you've really finished you finished strong here. And I think there's a good chance to get this one too. Question number five. Which one of these famous individuals did not graduate from the University of Nebraska? So this I'm gonna give you five people. You gotta tell me the one that did not attend Nebraska.
1: Is Johnny Carson on that list? Okay, go on. <laughs> he is, he is, obviously.
0: The famous, <laughs> the famous Johnny Carson. There's a T personality. All right. Who else? Yep. All right. Mila Kunis, the actress, Tyrone Liu, the NBA player and coach. Alex Gordon, Major League Baseball player, retired, I think, last year. Or Warren and Warren Buffett, investor, tycoon, philanthropist, Berkshire halfway, halfway.
1: I would probably trade Mila Kunis for Warren Buffett in that case. But yeah, Mila <laughs> Kunis did not have the <laughs> That's an easy one, but you know it's Mila Kunis. I, I, you know, I had to throw her in there. But <laughs> yeah. No, it's funny. Alex Gordon did go to Nebraska, obviously. He played baseball. He was the number two pick to the Royals. And when I was a kid, we played Miami in the Super Regional to go to Omaha, and it was Game Two. And I was at that game. I was nice. at a skybox, and Gordo hit a home run. I hit the he's f- a beast light pole in the in the oh. uh, in the back of the stadium, and he hit it like 440. I mean, he was just phenomenal. I mean, just watching the number two were, overall was, player. He was a third baseman then, wasn't he? He was third base. Yep. Yeah, and then yeah. they obviously moved him to uh um to left, but yeah, yeah. Um, he, he was.
0: Remember when he was coming up with the Royals? He he was the number one prospect, like in in baseball, like in those pipeline prospect rankings. He was yeah. like he was one of their top guys. He had a great career.
1: Yeah, I don't know if Ryan Braun went the year before, or after, or after, but yeah, Gordon was picked number two. It was really fun. And I'm glad he got a uh, title.
0: We're gonna do the a, a, a sixth bonus question. Okay. Yeah. Sure. You're gonna you're gonna finish the lyric. All right. Okay. I'm gonna play a song. And I'm gonna I'm gonna play twenty seconds of a song, and you're gonna try to finish the lyric at the end of it. All right.
1: Don't let it be wap.
0: <laughs> Sorry. Here we go. I hear
1: it. <laughs> I know when you're gonna pause it. I'm going to roar. You remember that shit, huh? So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <It's not> <laughs> Bruce Bruce is his singing
0: this song all the time <laughs> in our in our our night shifts at the Coyotes. Bruce uh.
1: The worst part is like people would say, <laughs> you know what? That doesn't sound bad. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds better than the guy. I'm like, I'm taking a piece of crap and making it sound like That's a That's so piece funny. Hold <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, Song choice. Good song choice. All
0: right, Bruce, dude, you killed it. You went you went five for six. Five for six. so Five for five. All right. And the bonus question doesn't count. So you go five for five on the vicious minute.
1: All right. I appreciate <laughs> that. I should study my, my uh, hometown a little bit more. <laughs> well, did you have any
0: do you have anything that comes to mind you wanna you want to talk about promote, plug, anything?
1: Nothing to really plug or promote right now. Just hope everyone is safe. And give me a give college. me a why
0: why should residents of the city of Denver, Colorado attend an avalanche game this season?
1: I think obviously aside from them being extremely good, um, which is something I don't really need to sell or go into much depth, um, I just think sports is in entertainment is going to be one of those last dominoes that when things are back that's when we'll know that we're on a really good pace and you know getting back to um a time when we can enjoy being around each other and um you know i think there's a lot of value to that outside of a final score and i think hockey games can can be a really good representation representation of it so um you know come with whoever who cares whoever they're playing i think it's just the idea of you know, people have been gathered safely, obviously. Um, you know, and caring about something that's not a pandemic or politics or anything serious. You know, Get your mind
0: off it a little bit.
1: Yeah, yeah, just a just a fun escape. I mean, that is sports, and um, you know, it sounds cliche, but I think as this whole last year's gone on, it's almost made that more evident than ever. Um, sports the- is the best game.
0: part about it is the camaraderie and the community that is you know, in, invented and, and created through sports, the lens of sports in general. So I yep. agree. I'll yeah. You know, those that. those experiences are things that are going to help life feel a little bit more normal Normal, and, you know, helping with, you know, creating more friends and getting back to, you know, being a community instead of, you know, everybody in their own little bubbles and quarantines.
1: So, yeah, I agree. I really model off of sports, how we live our lives, you know, so it's awesome. Well,
0: well said, Bruce. That's a great way to end the podcast. I think that was a, a great hour and a half pod and I think we we had some some good stuff in here. I really appreciate you taking the time
1: to come on. Any last words? Just thank you a ton and great to see you. Great, Bruce. Thank and you. And where's my invite for the wedding? Just kidding.
0: <laughs> That's going to wrap it up here for episode 66 of Vicious Talk with Benny P. Don't forget to follow, uh subscribe, rate, review uh, Vicious Talk with Benny P on SoundCloud. Podcasts, uh, where else? Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, and SoundCloud as well. Go, please also subscribe to our All Things Analysis page. We are um, currently on a, a promoting a giveaway. Bruce, have you seen? It? We have a card giveaway. So you, you, you follow you follow All Things Analysis on on Instagram or Facebook, or you subscribe on the website, and you get an entry for potentially uh, getting a, a team in our box break. We're doing a Don Russ at twenty 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 NBA box break. So. We're giving, you know, followers an opportunity to to join in on that. So, Bruce, you know, hop in on that when you get a chance. (laughs) All right, buddy. Thanks uh, for joining in uh, episode 66 of Vicious Talk. Remember to ask yourself at the end of the day, are you vicious?